Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, back for another season with the best podcast from Burgundy Blog, where we talk all things Redskins with the man behind Burgundy Blog, Brent. For Sports Channel 8, I am Hayes Permar. And Brent, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Hayes. I'm excited for season two of the Blogcast. You sound pretty excited there, too. And <laughs> am, I, am I wrong to say that, I mean, dare I say that there have been requests for the, the Blogcast to come back? You dare say it, but it, that would hardly be true. What? what? No request? <laughs> Come on. Uh, there, I to me in the text that said people have asked you about the disappearance of the – come on. Maybe one or two. Man, I was hoping for a little bit better than that. But all right, well, we're going to do it anyway. Now, we have a full season ahead of us. We are knocking at the door of the 2016 NFL season. But because it's been a while since we've been together, let's take a look back first of all and go back to the Redskins, how they ended the season. Uh, if you'll remember a – Odd route to the playoffs, but a playoff season nonetheless. Yep. Uh, so in that sense, perhaps exceeded expectations. Then they kind of got hopes up. Maybe they could do something in the playoffs, but the run went about as far as as most uh, smart followers of the game thought it would. G- give me your final thoughts on the season, final game, and, and sort of how the Redskins wrapped last year, Brent. Yeah, definitely. I think we agreed that that uh, at the end of last year, certainly at the end of the regular season, we were. We, I, I was very, very more than satisfied with how things turned out and pleasantly surprised and it was a really fun second half of the season and and then they um they they managed to eke out a win in the week nfc east and they got a home playoff game and you'll recall that the you know the packers the vaunted packers were kind of um you know not they they were almost kind of limping limping to the finish there they they were they really were not on the best trajectory so there were definitely high hopes you know the redskins went in with a lot more momentum um, and, uh, and then they, they kind of started the game with a lot more momentum, and I think it was, you know, jumped out to, what, 11 nothing lead? It was, there was some weirdness early, including a safety, and there was that play where Deshaun Jackson failed to break the plane. Um, and, you know, it started to look like maybe they, they had a Classic chance, but... Deshaun Jackson. Classic Deshaun Jackson. It really was. It was textbook Deshaun. Yeah. Um... You know, and then, but it just, it got away from second half. It actually started to get kind of ugly. What was the final? I think 35-18. It looked bad. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't recall feeling that it was as bad a loss as it kind of looked in the score. But, um, you know, I think it showed that they didn't get embarrassed, that they, they, they deserved to be there, but ultimately... They they didn't advance and and they probably weren't a good enough team really to expect to advance. So um, very encouraging that they got there. You know, exciting for a couple of quarters, and um, and then it, they they just met their match in Aaron Rodgers and and it showed several things that that they definitely need to do and change if if they're going to be legitimate going forward. Yep. And then the Redskins were sort of uh, one of the talks of the off season, not for the reasons necessarily that they normally were. Uh, uh, kind of. I guess more of the Redskins' M- mo has been signing big name free agent that many people think are past their prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, the talk of the off season were a couple things. One, what do you do with Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. the quarterback situation in general? Uh, and then two, the signing of and oddly on the market when nobody really expected him to be and not past his prime. Most people would say very much in his prime, although there's a lot of question about how do you gauge how good a quarterback is, a cornerback is, how much of it is a system. But clearly a, a you know, at his peak for another couple of years, probably Josh Norman. Yep. Um, 
let's let's go independent of the draft. Let's break it down into three things. Let's do Josh Norman talk, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins talk, and then draft slash other free agency talk. So okay. let's just Josh Norman and give me your thoughts on the signing. First of all, when it happened, and then maybe what you think about it now as we uh, uh, at the seasons upon us. So when when Josh Norman was cut loose by the Panthers, um, I thought, and I may have even tweeted exactly what what I thought and tweeted when Deshaun Jackson was released by the Eagles, which is that you know don't even waste your time, people. He's not going to be a Redskin, and I was equally wrong in both cases. So <laughs> now, now I've learned my lesson and won't ever post that sentiment again. Um, you know, and it, and it wasn't well, necessarily you could be a regular sports media member. You could, you have. <laughs> No, nobody wants to hear your nuanced opinion of, hey, yes, it's still a possibility, but here are the large reasons why I think – no, no, people want to hear the it's not happening and then for you to eat the crow. Well, well, yeah, crow. I'm, I'm eating it, big, big spoonfuls of it. They, you know, clearly, you know, and, and, and by the way, Deshaun Jackson was, was signed uh, before Scott McLuhan showed up and then, and then Norman, of course, is a, um, is a McLuhan move. So, but you know, clearly they've proven recently that they're they're not af- afraid to make a um, a big splash and um, uh, and not afraid to take on a player with you know f- some perceived baggage, I guess. But I, I think of and I'm I'm dying to hear your opinion too because you watched a lot more of Norman than I did last year. I yeah. think of him as as an extremely talented player and a really good player who looked extremely good on that totally ridiculous Panthers defense. And so I think that um, he he fills a position of, uh, of major need for the Redskins, and I think that he's going to do a good job, but I, I really don't expect him to approach the levels of um, all-pro, you know, weekly highlights, national attention that he got last year. And I, and I don't really think that Scott McLuhan and the Redskins – fully expect or need him to be quite as good as he's been. I think right. they they played the, the they paid the typical premium that you have to pay in free agency for a good player. I think they definitely overpaid him and I think they'll get production and I think he'll be good. I think he'll really help improve the defense, but no, I I don't think he's going to be um quite as lights out or shut down as he looked last year. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment and expectation. Um cornerback is, is such a tough thing to gauge. I mean, a lot of people uh, I think a lot of people on the Carolina side were okay with the move, uh, letting him go for a number of reasons, you know, but not just one. Certainly wasn't, well, he's so much baggage, we just don't want to have him around. Mm-hmm. He's certainly not that kind of guy. And none of his baggage seems to be, you know, off the field, criminal, bad guy type stuff. It's always a little bit of, you know, the getting into it with Odell, the mm-hmm. question. You know, you always want the guys that walk walk the fine line. And you need a couple guys who walk right up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it. Uh, but he, he never seemed to be a guy who got you a bad penalty in, in a bad situation. You, you know what I mean? He, he always seemed almost in the Steve Smith line of thing of, you know what? He seems to get people fired up to play their best. I'll take a couple penalties throughout the year. He never gets one at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. He seems really you know, play the whole game. And sometimes that means taking a penalty himself in the second quarter, thinking he can get one later on the other guy in the third quarter. So, uh, but, uh, but cornerback, you know, not that I can evaluate any talent, uh, in the NFL or have it, but, but it seems to be one that it really is hard to gauge. How much is it, uh, 
that guy's great or man, that pass rush is so good yeah. that, that these corners only have to lock guys down for, for three seconds. Obviously the, the, the easy answer is it's somewhere in between, but even, uh, wasn't it uh, – was it Chris Culver who last year that uh, – that or, or David Amerson? Who was it that had a Amerson. terrible first half yeah. of the year, washed out with the Redskins? Like, nobody argued it's not working out. Then he signed with the Raiders, and nobody argued that he was like a great quarterback all of a sudden, you know? Yeah, he got a big and deal. Under, he got a big contract. And so I, I don't know enough to say, like, maybe it's coaches noticing, hey, man, this guy – certain guys need to be only on one side of the field, guys. Certain guys need to be – only cover slot guys, you know, that they lock down slot guys and that makes them look great. But if they ever had to cover outside guys, they would get, you know, totally uh, abused. So, totally so in general, I, it's hard to, to guess what he'll do, but no, at the very least he seemed to be, you know, he, you would see those plays and breaks on balls where you're like, all right, he clearly has peak athleticism, peak reaction time, the things yeah. that are just going to make differences in, in, uh, in a defensive back. But ultimately, you know, if if the Redskins defensive line is shoddy, then yeah, the D backs are gonna be exposed, be they yeah. Josh Norman or whoever. So yeah. I mean, is there anybody in the in the new era of passing, you know, who who's who like was, who's like scheme proof, team proof? Yeah, or or, or or you know, we we hear about the best corner and that guy gets paid, you know, Talib. who was it a couple years ago, uh that I feel Revis? like uh, yeah, Revis, you know, like what's what's the longest run that anybody has mm-hmm. of you know, quarterbacks, it's like if you if you get in the top three quarterback, you, you should be there for about ten years. You know right. about a decade. Cornerback, yeah. it's like two, maybe three years. And so um, you know, you're hoping that last year was the first of the of a three year run and you get two years of Norman being the best corner in the league. Right. But like you said, the expectation is Hopefully he'll, you know, if, if you're grading quarterbacks one through ten, that he gives you an eight most nights out, and then right. maybe occasionally. I, a, and I think a, they'd be pretty happy with that. I mean, he's thought to be, you know, a better a better uh, zone cover corner than a than a than a man cover corner, and I think that's fine. The Redskins play a ton of zone, and I think they I think they actually, you know, observed that that he would that he would be a good fit, and I think he will be. I mean, is he is is he the the sort of you know, shut shut down, unbelievably elite athlete type that like Patrick Peterson is like, no. But you know, they don't really need him to be that. They just kind of need him to be reliable because they haven't had that out of two starting corners in a long time. And now they've got two really good ones because Breland, uh, Bashad Breland on the other side is looking like he's ready to really take off. Yeah, I will say this: it, it will be kind of interesting. Again, his baggage is not the worst baggage, the, the wife beaters, the DUI, the, the drug users, right. the store use. It doesn't, unless I'm missing something, I don't, I haven't seen no. anything that in, but it, it will be interesting because you know, last year basically raised his profile to now where, you know, that the Odell Beckham jr. Matchup and a couple other wide receiver matchups are going to yeah. get huge attention. And he garnered all that with the Panther squad that was sort of doing that all together. You know what I mean? Even though he was the, the, the face of the defensive backs, there was Cam Newton. So the, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you weren't going to take the thunder away from him. Now it's almost like those stories are going to be ginned up even more. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to have the same guys around him. It, it, it could be interesting uh, to see how that dynamic plays out. And I don't know if you sense this from him, because um, there was a little bit, he didn't, 
quite not, you know, Steve Smith, when he got cut by the Panther or whatever, however you want to call it, yeah. not resigned or whatever. Yeah, he went into, as you would kind of expect Steve Smith to do, almost the <laughs> F you, can't wait to show him. I right. can still play, screw those guys. Norman kind of wanted to do that, but he, he also, I mean, you, you can tell, I think he fired his agent or at least changed yeah, yeah. within this group. He was not happy about the way that it went down. No, I mean, no, I, no, no. I think his agent was saying, yeah, yeah, here's how it works. We tell them <laughs> we're not going to sign the thing for a while. They'll wait for a month, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. Hey, they didn't play the usual game. They just said, "Oh, yeah, no, you, no, you're gone." And he was, like, "What?" You know. So, I think he was caught in between, kind of wanting to to say it like it was and say, "Hey, business wise, I'll admit I wanted to be with the Panthers. That, yeah. that was not the way I wanted to play out." But you're right. You know. But then that almost makes it sound like, yeah, it, most people have almost too it makes much. Makes you sound like a sucker. Yeah, exactly. So, but but he didn't want to go straight into like screw Panthers, man. You know, right, so right. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. How, how's he being received in Washington in general? Is he like very well? I mean, you know, is he showing up in commercials and stuff? Is he big? Is well, he like one you, of the? You probably heard some of the. I mean, there was like, he, well, okay. First of all, he's in and out of the news like every every couple of days with more, yeah, com- more comments in different TV to different thing. outlets about about yeah. Odell Beckham. So. I mean, I, I'm a little sick of that. He he also made a little bit of a stir when when he you know he signed this um, yeah I saw this, this this deal to to be like a, an analyst or something you know like every week for I don't even remember Fox I think um, right. so and and potentially even on game days and so when <laughs> you know, I, when I saw that it was I mean I de- it definitely raised an eyebrow I'm not I'm not gonna say I was excited about that. Uh, you know, he came out and he was like, look, we, we cleared this with the team. It, it's not going to interfere. And, you know, I had to step back and think after my initial kind of negative reaction, like these guys have lives. They all have they, they all have outside interests and there's they're allowed yeah. to do things outside of being football players, even if you know this is football related. So, you know, I, I'm a physician, but I'm sitting here on a Tuesday night recording a podcast and, and, right. nobody, and nobody in my office is going to tell me that that, you know, uh, you know, I'm not that. That's irresponsible of me. I mean, I I did my work. So, um, you know, I, I think it's fine. You know, so so that that kind of you know drew a little bit of of, of a reaction. Couple couple um, second what, guesses, but well, how did that end up? Is he not doing the? No, no, the, no. He's totally gonna do it, and 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 his, you know. And what is? Because I, I thought the same thing too. Where it's like, well, you know, I mean, like if they're going to him while the offense is on the field to get some analysis. No, 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 no. It's not like, it's not like in game. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, but if it's, you know, if it's like, Oh, every game day, you know, at 9am, we want you to record something on Skype for five minutes. Tell us who you started at fantasy right. that we're going to use in our pregame show to let, you know, I'm like, well, I'm like you, it's like, whatever. I, that, right. that I think deal. it's probably going to end up being that. And, and realistically, I doubt it's a big deal. He, here's, I think the upshot of that, the, He's told, you know, it's completely his prerogative as far as I'm concerned. More power to him. The thing is, you better keep delivering or everybody is going to talk about it. And they should be allowed to, you know, like, so if, if he falls off a cliff this year, I mean, if everyone's going to be like, dude, you should have had your face in the playbook more, you know, or, and, and, and I think that's fair, you know, um, so oh. he just has to be ready to kind of back it up. And I think he will be, but, you know, from the team standpoint, like, 
he, you know, all the beat writers to a man that they they report every every sign that he's an incredibly hard worker. He's the first one to practice. He's the last one to leave. He catches 500 balls from the jugs machine after you know two hour practice. He signs autographs for an hour. He's been the model citizen in the locker room. So you know, and and it seems like everyone's pretty pretty genuine about feeling that way. So you know, I say. I say, you know, go out and do your show then as long as you keep that up and as long as you, you know, you stay good. Yeah, I mean, and, and that that was the uh, the sort of guidelines that he worked under last year because that's the Cam Newton guidelines too where I think yeah. Rivera has sort of done that perfect balance of, hey, I'm not going to tell you how to be people. You're people. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's very interesting that you say that though. I kind of had that feeling, but but he has – he has since been very specific that, you know, obviously a lot of this is colored by what happened, but, you I, know, he, he's saying that he felt like it was a dictatorship or, or, or like that he was, he was, you know, playing and living under tyranny when he was a Panther, whereas now in D.C. he's got this freedom. He said it's like being free. Is that system? I mean, is that like X's and O's on the field, though? Both, but, well, that? both. I mean, yes, to some extent. In fact, he, he's explicitly said in, in in both ways, both on the field and then in terms of just being being able to express his individuality. Um, yep. That that he feels a lot more at liberty to to be himself. So I can definitely see that from the like Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Panthers, is more stoic. The you right. know, but. For, for the Panthers to be led by Cam Newton and somebody to be yeah that, yeah that's, like, a, that's that, a great point that, that they're being you know got the shackles put on him I right. think uh, excellent point you know I I think he's just he's you know he he likes to be a good quote and he's very very expressive I mean it's kind of fun to watch him talk because he, he really does seem to genuinely love football which is great yeah. but it's like everything is so high so low he's just um you know mercurial yeah. I guess. Uh, so overall, you glad they signed him? Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't I don't know that we'll eventually look back and and say that they got their money's worth, but uh, I, I'm definitely glad he's on the team. And and you know when when it comes to huge contracts with the Redskins, there's there's kind of a key superhero behind the scenes that doesn't get a lot of credit. I mean, Scott McLuhan sort of swooped in and he's really improved the roster and he's great. But the contract guy is Eric Schaefer. He's just this this money man um, that figures out how to make smart contracts and get it all under the cap and um and i think that uh you know i have a lot of a lot of faith in him based on what i've read and heard and you know if, if they made a deal that they think that they you know it's not um it, it's it's a huge money deal with a lot of guarantees but there's there's some exit ramps within the next few years i mean it's not it's <laughs> I, I think I'm it's fine i think the deal i'm picturing uh like one size shipping like the nfl's like all right Here's your salary cap suitcase. You can pay Josh Norman this much, and like this dude's like, oh no, dude, I stack the bills different. Like, yeah. I can fit more bills in the suitcase. I stack them this way. They don't even know what I'm doing here, baby. Look at this. Uh, I use font does. size six on my final exam crib sheet. He knows how to stack them bills a little differently. Now I hear that more in the in the NBA than I do in the NFL, but the, the cap guru type thing. But just like, uh, it's always funny to me because it it. I always assume, well, man, you got these millions and billions of dollar deals. Certainly every team is paying someone yeah. way smarter than I am to do these things. Right. And then you like, read some stories and you're like, you know, some, well, A, to their credit, like some sometimes a team will just hire some dude that like was a lawyer and played in his fantasy league and he was really good with numbers <laughs> and he just happened to like love to crunch numbers and like, Yo, you, you're doing this better than anybody. Like, come, come do this. <laughs> but and then you'll also see like, 
Yeah, the owner just had his son doing it because the son said he liked to do it. That's why they had the worst contracts in sports for a decade. You know, you see those stories. You're like, I cannot believe that that some of these people, you know, aren't looking after these things with a smart person like that. Franchise quarterback, not a phrase you would have thought you would have heard to start last season, but there are a lot of reasons that even people who don't think that Kirk Cousins is, you know, uh, necessarily a future top eight quarterback at the NFL, but still would say franchise tagging was the right move. Yeah. It sort of explain where you, what your take is on the move, and yeah. then maybe yeah. what your take is currently on Cousins as a uh, viable starting NFL quarterback. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, very complicated situation. Fascinating. It was interesting the whole year. Uh, what, you know, what, what was going to become of him and what they were going to, how they were going to handle him. I think, you know, not to like cop out of the question, it's almost, you know, was the answer, you know, if, if the question is, was it right to franchise tag him? I guess the answer is yes, but really the right answer would be to go back in time, I think, and try and get some kind of extension, even if, it's not a, even if it wasn't a super long-term deal, either before or during you know, the first half of last year. I realize he wasn't setting the world on fire in September of last year. But if they had had the foresight to try and extend him in October or early November, they could have done it for so much less than it was going right. to cost you know, recently or next year. So, but this is like the ultimate, like, man, if only people... No, would... I get it. I get it. It's not fair. But That's... If, if they had offered that thing, like, wouldn't you, yeah, me, or be but it like, wasn't... you do it? I mean, I, I, you know, no, I understand. It sounds ridiculous and, 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 like, cheap. But the thing is, it wasn't, you know, it was... There were there were rumblings from, from, when, from week one that McLuhan was interested in pursuing an extension at that point. And there was even some beat guys arguing for it. There were columns about it. It wasn't like a random thing that everyone thought was stupid at the time. They should have done it back when they could have. At some point, the cat kind of got out of the bag and they lost the chance. And here's really what happened, Hayes. They had to franchise tag him because if they hadn't, somebody would have wildly overpaid for him and probably, you know, uh, signed him away. I don't know, you know, if you it, like if what it, just happened the last, you know, two weeks in quarterback. Yeah, yeah exactly, know. exactly. So somebody probably would have gotten. So they had to do it. But the franchise tag, I think both sides would agree. It completely priced the Redskins out of his market because they know that over the course of several consecutive years, and the player knows he's not actually worth this salary floor of twenty million dollars, which is what he's going to make this year. So basically, he they, you know he signed the tender, he guaranteed himself twenty million this year, and if they have to tag him again next year, it's twenty four million. So basically, <laughs> everyone's saying that the that the Redskins now can only sign him to a long term deal if they guarantee him at least forty four million dollars, which is absolutely asinine. And it was done. It killed the whole thing. And I, I think they should have tried to get it done and paid that, even though in some ways it would have seemed ridiculous, because I think he's going to have huge numbers again this year, and they're going to have to pay him even more, and it's going to really hurt. Uh, it's such an odd situation with the way like, you have to have a starting quarterback. You know what I mean? Like It, it gives – I mean, I, I don't know the numbers, but certainly it's got to matter like season ticket-wise – Right. If like fan confidence in what your team can or can't do, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we either have a quarterback or we don't, but it's such an odd scenario. Yeah. Obviously when you've got Aaron Rodgers, when you've got Tom Brady, it's like, whatever, get the, get the deal done. But when you've got that middle ground of, you know, yeah, we've got a guy that we think can start a quarterback and operate everything. 
and is so not great that we should be able to pay him, you know, this perfect amount that we can, you know, upgrade a little bit on this defensive line and have a, you know, a, a, a road grading offensive line. But, but instead <laughs> the way it works and the way every time, if, if you are admitting, we want to start this guy at quarterback for five years, the quarterback basically has the leverage to say, well, then you got to make me the, the highest yeah. paid quarterback. Like when you sign that deal, I get to be the next guy, you know? Right, and right. I think, you know, guys like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck that are actually signing those deals that they're worth understand that they're going to be topped by the next guy. But it's when these guys come along. Right. Yeah. That's that's so important. Like I wish I wish I heard that acknowledged more because people try to say like, oh well, if he signed that deal, he would be paid. You know, he'd be earning more than this guy and this guy and this guy, and that's so unfair and ridiculous because he's not better than them. It doesn't it, matter though. The highest paid player is always the most recently paid player. Right. It doesn't. You know, it's it's not it's not on merit like that. So you just. But in, this, but in the situation of cousin, this is almost like what you're saying. Uh, sort of like, and I'm not trying to tell you what you were saying, but when you went back and said they could have gotten the deal done for a lot less. Yeah. It's almost, they could have gotten the deal for a lot more fair terms. If, if right. they got like, Hey, let's admit you, you're, what do you think at, at best cousins? Tell us where you rank yourself. Be optimistic. Right, right. Back. Tell us, you know, don't lie to us. Don't, don't come in here and tell us that you're better than Cam Newton. Don't come in here and tell us that you're better. You want right. to say you're, you're as good as Andy Dalton? We'll hear that. Have right, your right. come in and tell us where you are. Seventh, eleventh, great. And then let's pay you at that. But you, right. you just can't. That's not the way the system set up. He would never agree. To, yeah, yeah. Because he would get. No, and no agent worth of salt is no. going to let that walk. He was and, in such honest, a good position when they tagged him. I mean, he was. It, that was such. That was such a win for him when they tagged him. Yeah. And of course he signed it right away. He got kind of made fun of because you know usually guys sit on it and they kind of you know hum and ha a little bit. He was in there the next morning and signed that thing, and, we, and, yeah. and everyone was like, "You're yeah, damn right," because he you know he knew he knew how crazy it was. But we need to come it, up with a term for that. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, I forget who I was going back and forth with this a couple years ago, and to be honest, this guy has actually had a few more years on his career that made him better than we thought. But he definitely got like a big contract from the Bobcats when they were terrible. <laughs> he got kind of fat and he wasn't very good. And it was like, oh, like Boris Diaw has a, a player option for 10. Oh, wait, he already signed. Oh, Boris, <laughs> Boris Diaw moved faster to sign that extension <laughs> than he did at any point during this. And it's sort, of, it's sort of like Cousins, too. Like, it was definitely buddy, what I, happened. How quick was he sprinting to sign that uh, deal? Was, he was not giving it the Josh Norman, you know, twice over with the with the looks. So I, I think that they kind of had to tag him, but then as soon as they did, it, it they they priced themselves out. There was not going to be a, a deal. I think you know, I, I think that they should have eaten it. I think they should have done it anyway. I really do because I think he's going to throw for forty four hundred yards this year, and they're going to win nine games again. And they're gonna they're gonna decide well we we gotta keep him and then you know next year it's sixty million guaranteed like they I just and some people you know I, this this really irritated me I'm sorry everyone was like well if he does it again and he, and he proves it again it's a good problem to have because they'll happily overpay him next year and it's just not rational that they should be happy that he's good but they're not gonna be happy that they're paying you know. X, X percent more than they would have a year ago. It's really gonna it's gonna put them in in position to lose some key contributors. So like, 
make the right move. Don't don't put yourself in a position where you you have to be happy with the problem. Avoid the problem. That's where I was coming from. Yeah. Or you. Need, <laughs> it's so crazy they got him the same year as R. Didn't they draft him the same, same draft year as RG three? Yeah. Fourth. Because that's the other way you need to play it is when when you get that guy, the move would have been play Cousins right away and get those three years at him, those Russell Wilson years, where it's like, oh, my God, we're paying this dude <laughs> yeah, $700,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, all right, fine. Now we got to pay for six years of, like, legit money. But it's like, remember remember those three years where we were paying him nothing? He was less than the punter. Uh, all right, well, uh, so, I mean, as a fan, other than hoping now that he's – even better than you perceive him to be and hope that he right. really is, you know, a top five quarterback and matches the money that they ultimately will have to pay him as a fan. How you feel about cousins? I mean, you know, I, I, I like him. I mean, we, we talked about this so much at the end of last year. He, he, he improved a lot. I think there's a chance he could regress a little, but I mean, I think he's a good player and I think he's a distributor and that's exactly what the offense calls for. And it's a pretty well-designed offense, even though it took me, over a year to come around to saying that Jay Gruden and Sean McVay had a pretty well-designed offense, but they've got they got him a bunch of weapons. They've got guys getting open. They're putting him in position to succeed. I think he will succeed, and I don't think he's not this independently, uh, you know, amazing athlete. But he, with within that framework, he's gonna have success. It's gonna make him very rich. And you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I I think he's gonna do well this year. I'm glad to have him. I think they're in position to compete for the division, and there's you know sneaky. Sneaky bet to, um, you know, to make a run in the playoffs. Did you hear the audio where he was talking about um, pulling some money and uh, buying a cookout franchise? Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so much. Yeah, there was like a, there was like a mic, mic'd up segment where he was at practice. Oh, no. Did you hear this? And he was oh, like, yeah, yeah, he was like, he's like yeah, yo, you been to cookout yet? And then the guy was like, no, nah, I'm not from around here. And, and he was like. The thing is, the closest you, ones you Richmond. can get, you can get, as, you can get two sides. <laughs> and and he, he was like, yeah. you can get nuggets as a side, <laughs> and they're all that's, just blown away. No, that's that, and you can get corn dog as a side, quesadilla <laughs> yes. as a side, which means that you can get quesadilla as your entree, which is two quesadillas, <laughs> and you get two sides. So you can get a side of quesadilla and then another side of quesadilla. <laughs> and this is get a four quesadilla plate. It's amazing. Um, they're always flabbergasted when I just get double hush puppies. And I know they don't double the hush puppies. I just I can only get one side. I haven't had Shake Shack in a while. I miss it. I mean Cookout. I have I have had Shake Shack oh, recently. Easy, easy. Uh, I liked how he uh, – he was like, yeah, but the closest one is in Richmond. We got to get one up near Athens. Right. <laughs> He's like, we can make plenty of money. The equipment guys alone would be killing the milkshakes. <laughs> um, all right, so you're uh, you're fired up for your boy at quarterback. Sounds good. All right. Uh, oh, oh, no. Here's I, I knew there was something else I was going to ask about you. Do you own Redskins jerseys? Oh yeah, I got a bunch. How many? Probably have four or five. Now, who, who all you got? Um, I've got a Sean Taylor. It's probably my favorite. I've got a LeVar Arrington. Sweet. Um, 
I've got one from a guy you'll definitely not rec- recognize. He was, he, um, but some fans will. Kareem Moore was a was a not not very good safety a few years ago. I have an autographed Kareem Moore jersey because of like a Twitter giveaway that I won. Oh, I have a D'Angelo Hall jersey. Okay. Um, I, I, all of them. All of them were gifts in some capacity. I've never actually purchased a red. Ah, all right. So that was going to be. I was trying to gauge Kirk yeah. Cousins, and I was going to say, would you would you buy a Cousins jersey? I don't think I would. I mean, I, I could I could be I could be a huge fan of him and still not buy the jersey. I don't know. I he would have to for me to actually purchase it of or my what own about, volition. Uh, he would have had to have done are, a lot more. You know. Are you buying gear for your kids? Like I bought my nephew a Cam Newton jersey when he was a rookie just because I was like, you know, if he ends up being Superman, this would be cool as hell, right? Because I bought him a rookie, and now I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad I did that, right? Like, are, Do you do you no. give gear to anybody else? Hayes, I don't know. From a business standpoint, I've I've objected to, 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 Dan, to Daniel Snyder's ownership of the Redskins for so long. I really do. I'm not a big purchaser of Redskins merchandise. All right, all right. I guess I was, I was trying to – Get some tangible uh, gauge of of wh- where Kirk Cousins is hitting on the fan register. I, I, I'm, no, okay, well then, I mean, I'll just say that, like, personally, I love him. I love how corny he is. I love how genuine he is. I mean, he's he's a great face of the franchise. Um, he is such a stark and refreshing contrast to RG3 in that regard. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely, you know, have to admit that I'm, I'm, you know, personally, I'm rooting for him. I like him a lot. I want him to be kind of a, a, an underdog success story. And, uh, you know, in, in that regard, I'm a pretty big fan of his. Very cool. Uh, we'll explore that some more, I'm sure, as the season goes on, especially if I find you to start becoming a Cousins fanboy. I'll, I'll need you a little bit more of <laughs> it. All right, last off-season question, and those went long, but those are pretty big ones. Norman yeah. and Cousins, those yeah. are two big storylines. Free agency and draft. Yeah. Tell me some of the, the best and or worst things you saw from the Redskins there. Well, the major free agency move was the one we, we spent all that time on. Otherwise, they were really quiet. Um, you know, it really didn't add any marquee names. I, I think a guy that they added who's a little bit under the radar who might might be um, a bigger contributor than – than some expect is is the the safety from Denver, David Bruton. He's like 30. I mean, he's not a young dude, and he's never been a long-term starter. But I think he's going to bring some um, some reliability to the safety position. So I like that. I mean, I I was totally fine with them being uh, being chill in free agency, and uh, you know they they kind of waited, and then and then you know the prize of the whole thing kind of fell into their lap. So uh, I, th- I thought that strategy was fine. Um, in the draft, draft yeah, in, in the draft, I think they did. A, I mean, I like the guys they got in the first couple of days. I think Doxson has a chance of being a good receiver now that he's starting to get healthy from his Achilles. Sua Cravens is is one of these, um, you know, hybrid money backer type guys, sort of half linebacker, half safety that I think they'll be able to do a lot of. You know, a, 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 a cool comparison I've heard of him that would um, resonate with you a little bit is Thomas Davis. I think um, he's he's kind of like this really athletic type linebacker. Did you call him a money backer? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of the name for this sort of like hybrid coverage linebacker type position, the money backer. That's what that's what the guy in uh, Arizona is, Dayon Buchanan. Hey, you want to know? You want to hear? Know who the next one's going to be? 
not to, not to make this Panthers corner, but there was an undrafted free agent Dude, out of Duke. I don't even I, I don't think I can talk about it. I right saw now. I saw you tweet about him. That's kind of why I brought it up. But uh, I, um, Jeremy Cash was my guy, and and you know the interesting thing is yeah going into the, into the draft I was like I love Jeremy Cash I want to get him I thought he was worth a, a day two pick, and they, when they drafted Cravens in the second I was like well they're definitely not going to get Cash now. But he's a good player. I mean, I know he's supposedly kind of, you know, at Duke he was he was a, more of a traditional, well, not traditional. He was a safety, but he was always in the box. He's kind of stiff in the hips or whatever. You know, he's not, coverage isn't really his thing. But that guy's a <laughs> punisher. I just love the term stiff in the hips. Like, I'm like I, love, I love thinking of like a grown scout, like right now. Yeah, a little stiff in his hips. <laughs> I got like like seventy five year old Chuck Coleman, uh, a mutual friend of ours. Like I played golf with him last week. I mean that dude's stiff in the hips. You know what I mean? Like that. Like Jeremy Cash is running, you know, it's like all himself and jumping over things. There's no stiffness in that guy's hips. I don't know, you know what you see that like what hitch in his giddy up. You know, but I again, again, I, I admit that there's expertise beyond what I have, but, um, yeah, you're right. He's going to be, he could be that for the Panthers one day. I think he's going to be a good player. And, and, uh, you know, Shaq Thompson can be that too. I dude, I love Shaq Thompson. The Panthers I, are smart. They're collecting these guys. I think, I think he is exactly that type. Apparently he made a couple interceptions, uh, of Cam Newton and kept like talking to Cam, like these like tip balls to himself interceptions. I mean, he's one that I think uh, that f- for those hybrid positions, I think a lot of it comes down to the classic, you know, you got to get so good at the game that it starts slowing down for you and you're just making those plays instinctually. And I think right. that's what happens. Uh, right. I think they'll almost be like Julius Peppers in the, in the, right. Uh, defensive secondary instead of the line. So, yeah, those are those are cool guys. and got to hope you get one. Uh, in, the, in the third round, the Redskins took um, Kendall Fuller out of Virginia Tech. And, ooh, yeah. you know, he had been kind of like a, a marquee – well, you know, initially at one point, maybe even a first-round prospect, and then he had a bad knee injury and microfracture. So that caused him to drop. And then it looks like he's healthy, though. He's been playing a lot, and he, he's probably a good pick. I think the – the Fullers yeah. are gamers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so in an, the, the back half of the draft was kind of uh, they didn't really do much. They traded a, their fourth rounder away for a pick or, or for a pick next year, and um, and then the guys they got in, in the in this you know sixth and seventh, they got a developmental quarterback who's like whatever. But um, I, I I didn't I don't think I really wanted him to do something to make some kind of a big move for a young good def- defensive lineman whether it be in the draft or free agency and they totally didn't at all that's the that's the major number one glaring weakness of the roster in, in my opinion is that they really they basically have a bunch of scrubs and old dudes uh on the defensive line uh, that's not good that's uh, in today's world i hear that's kind of chris important. baker good player um probably not a pro bowler but other than that it's definitely yeah. Two main more segments. One, we're going to look at the preseason, and then one, we're going to look at expectations for the season. All I hear about preseason, the number one thing I hear people say is nothing matters. You can't learn anything. There's nothing to discern. No, (laughs) nothing. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw the Redskins' record in the preseason over the last decade is pretty pretty good. Yeah. It's like about 75 or 80% winning club. Yeah. So we obviously know that the. Direct record doesn't necessarily translate. Right. All that being said, like, what are you what are you looking for in in your combo 
fan slash uh, wannabe analyst role. To, please don't tell me you do the. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't watch it twice. No. God, you don't watch the preseason <laughs> twice. I did not. I did not rewatch. What's the? What's the like? God, why am I not thinking about this? What's the super football head name for the tape? The all twenty twos. Oh right, yeah. You watch the all twenty twos. I have in the past. I don't have it set up for this year yet. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna uh, every position make the investment. But yeah, tell me like, how how many how many uh, seventeen out of thirty two snaps? Which uh, <laughs> which left guard fired? Uh, you know, fired correctly in the right off the right foot, whatever. No, no, no. But so, what are like I said in, in both in the combo as a fan, yeah, and as a sort of analyst. What what are you watching for in the preseason in general, and what did you see in this preseason specifically uh, that you think might translate into good or bad news for the Redskins? Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure what the. <sighs> You, you, you want to see your team play well. You want to see your starters get a few series and 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 look competent. You know the, the Redskins kind of pulled a strange maneuver where they sat most of their key players in the second preseason game, and that was I think a lot of people did. That. I feel it, like the it seems the, like all the rage now. Yeah, they, they, they sat those, Cousins and everybody it, else. It, we're only we only need two preseason games because they basically said we're only going to perform right. for two preseason games this year. Yeah, and it's for some guys, you know, for these grizzled vets, it, it it's like that makes perfect sense. For Cousins, I kind of would have liked to see him get a few more snaps and, and a few more passes. But um, you know, they came out in the in the the, the supposed all important dress rehearsal, the third preseason game they played Buffalo, and the offense was pretty out of sync for about a quarter. Um, it wasn't especially encouraging, and then. When Buffalo pulled their starters, most of whom actually were not even starters to begin with, the Redskins kind of – they had a huge second quarter. Cousins threw three touchdowns, and everyone was like, oh, okay, everything's great. He's fine. All the rust is knocked off. Uh, Wait, Doug Williams on him? Yeah, that's right. That's right, second quarter. So, I mean, I don't know. I, he didn't – He didn't. Cousins didn't really authoritatively declare in the preseason that he's totally ready to go, but um, – you know, he did – he made a lot about having gotten all the first-team reps all through the the off-season, um, you know, practices and, and training camp, et cetera, which is not something that he's ever had before. So he'll, he will benefit from that. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I watch all – I do watch all of the preseason games all the way through to the end because I like to look at the guys on the back half of the roster. And I think that they kept a couple of guys – um, you know, those, these sort of bubble type guys who, who everyone makes a big deal of on the final cutdown day. And then a lot of them don't make a big impact, but I was, there's two guys in particular. I was really glad to see that they made the team. One is, um, DeShazer Everett, who's a converted corner, now a safety, but really he's a really good special teams player. And so they kept him as a fifth safety and they had six corners. So they kept 11 defensive backs, which is a, a big number, but, um, I think he's a good young player. And then, um, they, they kept a, a young guy, uh, out of I think Alabama A and M maybe Anthony Lanier he's uh, an undrafted free agent rookie who is uh, a six six defensive lineman who can rush the passer a little bit and and so they kept him over Matt Ioannidis who's this more of a defensive tackle type who they drafted in the fifth round so I was really pleased to see them keep an undrafted guy who sort of showed out in the preseason over over you know a fifth round a pretty a pretty reasonable non-throwaway draft pick because you know the undrafted guy was just better and i think that's i think that's a good philosophy 
Do you follow what happens to those guys get cut? Like, is that guy on the practice squad now? That guy made the practice squad, yeah, which is, which is you know, it's nice to be able to say that you didn't completely waste it, but um, sometimes that happens. Well, if, he's, uh, if he shows promise on the practice squad, I'm sure, you know, uh, a, a sharp team like the Carolina Panthers will pick him up or something. Snap him right up and turn him into Ryan Dallaire. That's right. What about, so based on the preseason or not the preseason at all and yeah. uh, everything else you've read, seen, heard, whatever, uh, give me your expectations for the Redskins. Um, much has been made of their schedule being supposedly tougher this year. I'm always a little bit leery of, of was reading last year, too was big. It- did they go eight and eight? But win they were the, they, they were nine and seven last year. They did figure they got to nine. But now and seven. having won the division, they've got that first place schedule. So you know it looks a lot tougher. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that hurts. I, it always kind of changes. You know, some of the teams that look like sure losses end That's up true. being cakewalks. But I think that they will be a little bit better. But but the schedule is a little bit harder, and so I'm going with nine and seven again. Um, and I don't know. I think they'll be in the mix to okay. the very end. I think okay. they. They, they could win a really crappy NFC East at 9-7. They could be a wild card team. Um, they could miss the playoffs. I think it'll be a good year. I don't think I, – I, I mean, I think it's within the realm of possibilities that they win a couple of playoff games, but I don't think it's likely. I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of expecting that they make the playoffs but lose again in the first round. I don't think they're quite there yet. Eagles and Giants both have new head coaches, right? Yes. And then – Cowboys are going to have who knows what at quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's wide God. open, man. God. I think they should try and win the division at 7 and 9 this year. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> See if they can pull that off. Um anything else uh you're excited about this season? Um Yeah, I mean, I'm just I, I hope I hope they take that that next step, you know. Um uh, it's going to be all, all year. All year. I, I mean, I hope every individual game isn't just a referendum on the Cousins situation. But it's going to yeah. be really interesting to see what they do there. And um, you know, if he does not have a good year, they don't have an obvious plan for quarterback next year. I mean, the Cousins isn't under contract next year. Colt McCoy is, but Colt McCoy is, <laughs> is Colt McCoy. So. Um, I mean that's it's it's hard to avoid that that Cousins is is sort of the key and and the most interesting thing going on. It um, is. I think there's gonna be a lot of refer a game to game referendums on he and the free agent signing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, specifically, I'll tell you. I, well, I got a good one. I think oh, I think Deshaun oh. Jackson's gonna go crazy this year. Really? Yeah. Well, now he is he over thirty? He's thirty or. 30. 31. He's in a contract year, which is, is your, the number the NFL, one impetus. Once you turn 30, don't they make you don't they cut one of your legs off and make you play with one leg? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard that somewhere. Once you turn 30, he looks totally awesome uh, so far this preseason, um, and I think he's basically just possessed right now. I, th- I think he's going to go off. We've talked about this. How he, you know. Uh, you, you want to get the most out of him you can. A, ultimately, the deep ball receiver, whether he's going giving you 110% every game, you know, you're only throwing five to ten deep balls right. a game. But, like, no matter what he's doing, whether he's having a good year or a mediocre year or a bad year, you know, if he is lining up and running his fastest, he still has the ability to just be uh, a, an athlete that sets apart above uh, from other athletes. So I think if they are going to have 
a successful year, it will it will have to involve him at some point. It is good to have uh, you know the more consistent type threat in Jordan Reed or well, who else is going out the uh, who who else is going to get the catches? Jackson. Uh, well, so so the starting receivers will be Jackson and Pierre Garcon, who's who's still pretty uh, right, pretty useful right. sort of possession type guy. But Jamison Crowder, your guy from Duke, um, yep. he, he's he's going to be kind of a you know starting receiver because he's the slot guy. I think he's going to have a ton of catches. And then you got the rookie first rounder Doxson, who you know who know he's whatever he contributes is kind of gravy. Then there's Jordan Reed, and they added Vernon Davis, who I think you know possibly still has a little more left than than a lot of people thought last year. So there's a lot yeah. of os- options. Uh, specifically in the matchup this weekend with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Uh, anything do you, do you scout I, the yeah. opponent? I, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of dreading this cause it's Monday night. We talked about this at length uh, last yes, year. Prime time. Not only is it Monday night, but the, the last time the Steelers played in DC on a Monday night, which was a few years ago, was was a really it, it turned into a really big thing. The stadium was overrun by Steelers fans and terrible towels. They, they always do that, and it's yeah. so fucking annoying. It was bad. I mean, I'm I'm I I, I don't know, man. It, this is a it's a tough opener. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be a total shootout because it's two two potent passing offenses and two very suspect defenses or passing defenses secondaries. Well, our our secondary shouldn't be quite as suspect this year, but you know, remains unproven. Um, I think it's be a high scoring. I think Roethlisberger and Cousins are both going to put up big numbers. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly Redskins can win. I don't feel super confident. I think it could be an early letdown. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for a lot of a lot of passing from both teams. Do you have plans to attend any games this year? I don't have any plans. It's possible. I'm going to play it by ear. You know, if uh, if the December games are exciting, I might try and call in a favor um but you know more and more i think we talked about this last year too but like the home viewing experience man it's getting so good it is nice uh, it's hard you know it's hard to pass up unless you unless for me it's got to be an important game and i gotta have pretty good confidence that the redskins might win because i'm the type that really really regrets it if they get whipped uh maybe you can couple it go to dc for uh like a Saturday World Series game for the Nationals and then a Sunday <laughs> uh, Sunday Redskins game. That would be nice.